know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 myself moments here alongside me as always the one and only mr bj armstrong bj how you doing real name no gimmicks all good you're a little excited today what happened something something big must have happened i mean while you were asleep i think it was like 2 a.m in the states adrian wojanowski came out and broke the news that james harden has finally finally been traded i don't know if i'm excited or just relieved that we can stop talking about this now you know because there was only so many times we could revisit it but james harden has been traded by the philadelphia 76ers himself and pj tucker who seems inseparable from james harden um have been traded to the la clippers in exchange for nicholas batum marcus morris robert covington and kj martin as well as the 2026 los angeles clippers first round pick via the Oklahoma City Thunder. The 2028 Clippers first round pick, two second round picks and one pick swap. Okay. Initial thoughts on this trade, BJ Armstrong. Well, it seems like an, it seems like an overabundance of like wing players and ball handlers and people who need the ball. Mm -hmm. So now you have Kawhi Leonard, you know, uh, Paul George. Playoff P. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not his name. Oh, oh, his not, name is Paul okay. George. He's got to win. He's got to win a conference finals to have that Russell, name. Playoff P. Russell Westbrook, and now James Harden. I'm so, Bones Island as well. well. Well, Bones is coming off the bench. You know, you, you now you you have four. You know, perennial all stars at the moment maybe maybe not russell right now at this stage of his career however he's playing terrific basketball and all of a sudden now you got to figure out how to make this work now it's going to be an interesting experiment to see how this all kind of shapes out because of the injuries and all of the things that they've had in the past okay so on one hand you're saying well if it plays itself out like it's played out over the last two or three years it really won't be a problem because you know james probably going to show up and play especially there in la (laughs) (laughs) well we know when you hit trade for james harden you get at least a few months before he demands another trade yes and so it'll be interesting to see now if they're all healthy i think it's going to be an interesting experiment for coach ty lue to like because you only have one ball out there and you know, Paul George and Kawhi, those guys are elite on the other end of the floor as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know what this leaves James Harden. Is that just makes him a two now because Russell looks like he has really, you know, fit in and, and they're playing well with him at the one. So I, I don't know. Okay, I, I do know this. In this league, you want to acquire talent. However, you want the talent to mesh and come together. So we'll see how it works out. I, I have no idea how this is going to play out. You know, it looks like as of now, you'll have four guards and Zubak on the floor. That looks like probably how it's going to play in itself a, out. In a league where we talk about teams getting bigger every season as we progress. Um, right. It's interesting to me, you know, all of these guys... If this was 10 years ago, it might be the best team ever assembled, but it's not. It's 10 years later. Um, The interesting part for me is that, in my opinion, Daryl Morey and the Sixers have absolutely crushed it with this trade because for the Clippers, it's championship or bust. 
because all four of those guys we mentioned, Paul George, Kawhi, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, hit free agency this summer. Now, I like what the Clippers have done. They brought four LA guys, you know, all from LA, to the organization. They're moving to a new arena next year, mm-hmm. and they can mm-hmm. really make their mark. I wonder if they're going to go get DeMar DeRozan as well to add a fifth LA guy and another ball handler and another guard, because that seems to be what they're doing. Um, but it's a big risk, because if one of them, two of them could leave in free agency, I mean, the irony is... The Sixers have a bunch of cap space next summer. If they could take Paul George off their hands, that would be absolutely hilarious. Um, The Clippers and what they're doing, they're playing a risky game. they got to win a championship now. And I don't think even with this trade, anyone's looking at them as favorites. What's the risk, Bo? What's the risk they're playing? Well, well, here here it is. I don't think anyone's looking at them as favorites to win this year. They've got numerous health issues. We don't know if they can all coexist at the same time. And they run the risk of free agency in the summer. And if they were to lose a Kawhi or a Paul George, I don't see Kawhi particularly leaving. But if they were, then looking at their future first round picks, 2024 goes to Oklahoma City. 2025 is a swap with Oklahoma City. 2026 goes to Oklahoma City. 2027 is a swap with Oklahoma City. 2028 goes to Philadelphia. And 2029 is a swap with Philadelphia. So they have no first round picks. They've also traded away six second round picks. So they have no draft picks, especially on a roster where you've got four guys that take a huge chunk of salary. Um, You know, having rookies that can make contributions is imperative on the rookie scale contract. Russell is at a minimum now, right? Russell, He will be a free agent this summer and he'll be able to get paid more than the minimum from the way he's played with the Clippers. He's got to be a mid-level guy at least, or do you see him returning on a minimum contract? Well, what I see is you got to have multiple teams. And I haven't looked at the books for next summer. So it's kind of like, okay, if you only if you're the only person at the at, at the table. <laughs> well, I, I think his reputation around the league is now much higher than it was when he took the he, minimum he, deal on a buyout for the Clippers. He, here, here's what I here's what I think. Here's what I think of Russell. I think Russell is in an, at this stage of his career. I think he is what we would consider an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Russell, everyone says they want a player who's going to show up and play hard every day. However, it's clear to me with a player like Russell is you have to have an appreciation for what he brings and be able to accept maybe some of the things that he is not great at, you know? especially if he's going to be your lead guard because he has a dominant personality and he's going to be impactful to the game. So I'm not sure if Russell, as I look around the league, you're not going to just get him on the team and say, um, lead my team at this particular stage of his Mm -hmm. career. I'm not saying he's going to go to a young team and be the, the guy who's going to play and mesh his talents with a young group. I'm looking at Chris Paul right now. I don't Russell doesn't look like the player to me that will just accept coming off anyone's bench. So I don't see. Okay. Yeah. I don't he, see how I like, I can't think of a team right now other than the Clippers. I think the Clippers were the perfect place for him. Cause if I remember correctly, didn't he get traded to Utah? He got traded to mm-hmm. Utah, right? It, Man, okay. Wow. Well, yeah. well they, even if they do get Russell back on the minimum, they still got to pay Kawhi. They still got to pay Paul George. They still got to pay James Harden. And with the new CBA coming in next season, the point was getting guys in, especially if you're in the second apron. I don't know how the numbers will shake out, but if you're touching that second apron of contracts, getting guys in on rookie contracts is one way to improve your team. 
um, because you're then restricted from other buyout guys or veteran minimum guys. So that's my concern for the Clippers. How do you look at their chances this season after this trade and adding James Harden? Where do you rank them amongst the Western Conference? Well, you, you know, I I haven't seen them play. Like, I don't, I don't know this version. Since James left Houston, to be just frank about it, I don't know the version that James Harden hadn't settled into a routine since Houston. Right. I didn't I don't think he ever found his rhythm when he went to Brooklyn. He looked like he may have tried when Kyrie or I can't remember one of them were out. He Kyrie was found, out. Yeah. He, yeah, Kyrie was out. He kind of had the ball in his hand where he kind of, you know, he showed you. And then he gets traded to Philadelphia. For his offensive output, as far as the James Harden or the version that I'm accustomed to seeing play in Houston, James Harden didn't seem like he fully accepted the role of just being a facilitator and a, and a lead guard. Now that's what it looked like to me. It would be fascinating to see what doc Rivers would say. Even if he didn't accept it, he still led the league in assists. Okay. That's fine. There's a willing passer. Are you passing because that's what you do? Or are you passing because you have to do it? No, you get it. No one ever said he still led the league in assists, whether he was willing to or not. All right, let me let me let me re- rewind this. I'm not a stats guy. Stats are stats. You're the elite assist guy. Okay, great. Give me the guy who makes the right play at any particular moment. And he may only average two assists a game. Just make the right play. Give me that guy. Maybe this generation wants the stats. I just want the guy who is going to make the right play. James looked like to me. He never, ever accepted the responsibility of a lead guard. Did he lead the league in assists? Fact. Check that. Did he ever look like he was comfortable in saying, I'm comfortable with leading the team, facilitating, making sure Tyrese Maxey has his shots, Tobias Harris has his shots, Joel Embiid has his shots, P.J. Tucker, we're going to keep him. He never looked like he fully accepted it. What it looked like to me is James Harden was like, I want to go back to being James Harden. That's who he really is. Like, I believe since I've been around this league, people are who they are. Like, James Harden is a scorer. He, can he pass? Yes. Can yeah. he lead the league in assists? Yes. Can he mimic the point guard? Yes. Who is James Harden for real? He is an isolation player who can get you 30 a night. That's yeah. who he really is. And we saw it when Embiid was out in the playoffs. He got them that win against Boston early in the series. He had a good series apart from game six and seven. Um, yes. that, that's I think in the end, in a stressful moment, whether it's a one game, a, a series, a season, you always revert back to who you really are. James Harden is a scorer. He is a scoring two guard who demands... What, what do they call it? High usage? Is that the new term now? Mm-hmm. He's a high usage player. He's not going to play off the ball and be a catch and shoot guy. He's not going to be comfortable just being the lead player and be a facilitator. I think he just needs the ball. And I think he's come to that conclusion that, you know what? Maybe it wasn't so bad. I'm not saying that Houston, but maybe it wasn't so bad when I had the ball in my hand. That to me is who James Harden really is. And not having the ball in hand as a lead guard he wants to attack. James Harden is a very aggressive personality on the offensive end. 
And I think that's who he is. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, you know, you can say all the other things. We can say all the other things. But with James, James Harden, they did two things last year. I think I said it yesterday. James Harden for about 20 games or so in Philadelphia, they were arguably the best team in the league. Well, what what's the problem? You're the best team in the league playing one way. Well, what happened? Like Doc Rivers, I can't believe that Doc Rivers and his staff said, well, no, we don't want to play this way. <laughs> How dare we be the best team in the league? I don't believe that. No, it's the what I, yeah, but what I do know is that you got, you are who you are like, and that's okay. So if you accept it, James wants to score. Like that's who he, that's who he is. Like I've never seen him actually, I've kind of followed him his whole career. I've never seen him play the way he's playing right now. Can he do it? Yeah. He, he got the, he's got a nice handle. Can he pass? Yeah, he can do all of that. But I still think what he really wants to do is go get you 30, 40, 50. I think that's, that's, that's his DNA. And it's nothing wrong with that as long as we accept it and put him in position to where he can be the player that he, that he thinks he can, because I mean, he's, he's a talent. Well, if that is who he is, uh, do you think in a way that it could help the Clippers? Because we know Kawhi and Paul George aren't the healthiest of players. So now when they're out, having another guy that can come in and drop 30, 40 points, do you think that actually helps them? Well, again, you know, we talk about sc- – we're just talking about scoring here now, you know. But yeah, I'm, I'm always – There's no use I, talking about defense when it comes to James Harden. Well, we don't need that discussion. I, you know, it, there is no point. However – when you're talking about a team, when you're talking about a team, right, you need people going to pass. You need people going to set screens. You need people who are going to rebound. You need people who are going to do all the dirty work. Who's going to defend on the other end. You need the players going to get the loose balls, the 50, 50 balls. You need the player who's going to make the extra pass a good, a good shot for a great shot. And you need to have cohesive cohesiveness on the team. Now, I don't know how this is going to fit. What I do know if we look at the roster as it's currently constructed and all of the injuries that they've had, that if it takes, if it takes shape and form to what it's been in the past, I don't see this trade being a problem because those guys probably will only play 45 to 50 games. Mm -hmm. Kawhi and Paul George. Kawhi and Paul George. Now, to me, which would be a great problem to have if if everyone's healthy. I think this is going to be a problem. If every yeah, because yeah. Paul George, in my opinion, and 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 Kawhi Leonard, I mean they they are very capable players. Okay, they're very capable players. I don't know how this works. Do I think there will be times where you could? substitute and figure out how to have one or two of those guys on the floor for 48 minutes. Absolutely. They will figure that out. But when you start playing against the bigger teams and you start playing, you know, now that's going to force probably Kawhi Leonard to guard fours. He's probably the next biggest guy. Paul George now clearly, instead of them being bigger, you know, the two position team, that he's just yeah, like the three. now, now all of a sudden they were a pretty big team with Zubach and those guys. Now they're a smaller team. 
And James Harden defensively, as we know, he's not as strong as the other players. Okay. So we'll see how it plays out. Now, can they score? On paper, it looks pretty good. Now, on, they're going to be able to score that basketball. There's going to be a match, a mismatch or a matchup problem somewhere on the floor. But we'll see how it works out as you have to play against the bigger, better teams in the league. And, you know, size is a premium. You got to defend at some point. But they will be able to score the basketball, and we'll see. I mean, I'm not. you can't fault them for doing this straight. Okay? You can't fault them for doing it. However, I think the problem is if they're all available, which you're hoping they are, I see this being a problem for minutes, shots, and someone's going to have to take a back seat. And based on what I know, Russell Westbrook is probably the leader of this group. So he's yeah. not deferring to anyone. And I think that's why it has been such a good fit for him in the Clippers because his personality, his personality comes into play for what uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they're just not available due to injuries. And they're, they're, they're seriously hurt. I don't know what this means. I don't see Russell Westbrook certainly deferring at the lead guard position. I just don't see it. I think now this is a situation where James is probably you know, coming into a situation and he'll probably have to figure out and make the most adjustments out of those three because they're, they were pretty good. I mean, they are pretty good when they are healthy, but if something does happen and one of them is not available or a couple of them aren't available, I think James has an opportunity to impose his will on the team. But I think initially, I think it could be a little bumpy if they're all available. I hear what you're saying. I do hear what you're saying over on the Sixers side, you know, you've got Embiid, the reigning MVP, Maxi, who's playing like an all-star They've now added Batum, Morris, Covington, and KJ Martin. Um, how do you like their chances this season? Well, you know, I like depth. And those are some really good players that they got back in Philadelphia. So I, I, I think a couple things, right? Now everyone's going to, the obvious, let's state the obvious. Everyone's going to want to know, what does Joel Embiid think? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the obvious. And two, now you just have to win. Just win. Winning will take care of all of the outside noise that we're expected to hear for the rest of the season. If they win and advance to the conference finals, okay, if they get to the conference finals, I think that takes care of everything as far as the question, the questions of how good this team can be. Now, that's a big task, right? When you look at the the, the rankings early in the season, I think we all can agree that Milwaukee and Boston are probably the two best teams on paper. So we'll see how this plays out, but I think it's a good team. I think they have depth. I think they can be, they think, I think they have enough athletes to throw at Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and, and the Jimmy Butlers of the world. They can throw enough bodies at Dame Lillard and Giannis and those guys. I think they have enough. I think they have depth now. They have guys who can play in the trenches on both ends of the court. So I kind of like it. Um, is it a big name that you got back? You know, no, no one with James was the, you know, was the biggest name. Argue, you can argue probably he was the most talented individually as the players. However, from a team perspective, I like it. I like what they've done in Philadelphia and we'll see how it plays out. But I, I think for Philly, it's just about winning. If they can win, play consistently for the rest of the year and in the playoffs, which is the most important part of this, 
I think um, it can turn out to be a trade that they'll look back and say, you know what, we did the best we could under the circumstances because they were in a very difficult situation talking about this James Harden um, saga that just went on and now they can move forward. Yeah, finally, maybe some stability. Having said that, they are perfectly positioned to go out and get another disgruntled star if they so choose. They have over $40 million in expiring contracts. They have the Lake, uh, the Clippers' first round pick in 2026, their own first round pick in 2029, the Clippers' first round pick in 2028, five first round pick swaps and eight second round picks. So if they decide that they want to go and get a big three, they could flip some of that depth into another player. Uh, the obvious name that sprang to mind this morning when I saw the trade was Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls because we've discussed the Bulls before on the show. And personally, I think it's only a matter of time before they blow up that team. Do you think that the Sixers are going to stand pat with what they've got right now? Or do you look at them as a team that might be making a move maybe closer to the trade deadline or even sooner than that? Well, you know, it's always interesting that we have this mindset. We just start moving players around as if they're, they're not human. You know, you don't just start moving these players around with no training camp, no chemistry and think everything's going to turn out. So again, I, I I'm as much as we like to think things change, they always remain the same. Now, when, at what point is this team going to just come together, settle in and let's see what we got. Now the James Harden situation kind of threw everybody in a loop in a frenzy because suddenly we thought this was the group that was coming. And then all of a sudden this kind of happened and now they can get past this. Now, at some point you got to settle into who you are. Let's see what we have. Now, if they figure out over the next 25 games or so, this is not the team that's that we can get and something becomes available. You got to look at it, but I would like to see, let's see what you got. Like, I don't even know who they are. And they, now they lost, not one, but two starters. P.J. Mm-hmm. Tucker was a starter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take two-thirds of your, your lineup out, and all of a sudden now you just start want to start moving. Well, let's move this guy and get this guy in as if it's like some type of video game. No, let's see what we have. Let's see who's available. They have a new coach. They got a new system, new roles. I mean, there's a lot going on there in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I would think at some point, let's just take a deep breath see what we have before we start tinkering again because well, yeah that's what i too said much, it's, yeah it's yeah, the start of the season there's a long time until that trade deadline another name that's been mentioned is og ananobi of the toronto raptors who hasn't signed an extension in toronto um i think that would be a huge get if they could find a way to go and get him because he provides what every team needs elite one of the best defenders in the league very strong very quick and can contribute on offense as well so if I'm Darren Warrior, that's who I'm trying to get. Maybe not Zach Levine, but I'm trying to go get OG. That's what makes this fun. Everyone has their, but I, you know, I, I, I want to wait and see what we, what we're, what we're doing here because in the end, this all centers around the most important piece, which is Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the part of being an executive that you have to understand. It's, it's not what I think; it's what the players say and when and they will say that by the way they perform on the floor so you know you you have some young players you have some young pieces financially you figure out what it is you can you know how you can put together a team but most importantly Joel Embiid alone is going to put you in a mindset where you think you have a chance to win he's one of the top five players in the league 
So I think you just have to, at this stage, let's figure out what you have. Do I like OG? Yes. Do I think that is the, you know, I don't think OG is the answer. No, I don't think that. However, do I think he's a nice piece? Yeah, I think he's a really nice piece. I think a, a lot of teams would love to have him. But right now, I think it's important for them to figure out who are we? Like, who are we right now? Let's just play basketball for a little bit to figure out that. Then, you, you know, you threw out another name, Zach Levine. Okay, well, you know, it, it it's interesting to watch players play on teams with no expectation. And it's a little different when you come to a team and you play with expectations. Joel Embiid is going to raise the expectations in the room. He's a true superstar. So now you have to have a championship level mentality more than just, you know, talent at this stage. So let's see. I, I, I think they, I think it would probably be in their best interest at this particular time. Okay. Now we can actually come to the game and not answer the question of what's going on with James Harden. I mean, to me, that's a that's a huge win for the Philadelphia 76ers. Second win is, okay, does Joel Embiid believe in what we've just done? And I'm going to assume that there's been some level of communication with the front office and Joel Embiid. I'm going to assume that. Why? Because nine times out of ten, that's what's happening. Even though no one admits it, you got to communicate because you want your best player to be involved in everything we do. If we're trying to win a championship, there has to be a connection between your players, the executives, management, and and, and everyone involved. So I, I I and your coaches. So I think we'll see how we'll see we'll see. You and I will be able to tell what's really going on there in Philly over the next twenty games or so. Absolutely. I mean, they look pretty deep right now. They've got Maxi Melton, Harris Covington, and Bead starting with Pat Bev, Jaden Springer. Uh, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Kelly Oubre, Paul Reed, Mo Bamba, Corkmaz all coming off the bench. Corkmaz uh, once again had his trade request denied. <laughs> he wanted to be included in this deal and they said nope. Um, I believe that happened over the summer as well and it's happened another time before. Who so, is this? Who did this? Furkan Corkmaz, the uh, Turkish oh, player okay. on the Sixers. Unfortunately, he doesn't quite have the clout in the NBA to be demanding trades like James Harden is. Oh, okay. um, but shout out to him. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't think that this move, like even though they've increased their depth, I don't think it puts them in the top two teams in the East. But, you know, we've discussed this before, the Celtics and their front court depth issues. The Bucks, Dame has had some games where he's really struggled now since that first game where he looked absolutely electric. It's going to take them some time to figure it out. And obviously he's a little bit older as well. So there is a pathway potentially to the conference finals because the Sixers have the depth. Obviously, if something happens to Embiid or Maxi, that's a big problem, but they have the depth in the rest of the roster now in terms of versatile wings that can switch and defend and shoot open shots. I'm not too mad at what they've got in return for this. And then the future oh. flexibility for the summertime, I think Embiid's the only player who's got two years left on his contract. Maxi will be a restricted free agent, and I imagine they max uh, they match whatever price that they uh, he gets offered in free agency by any of the teams. So as Embiid and Maxi is your two building blocks, and now you've got the cap space to play with, they could put something together either before the trade deadline through a trade or even next summer when they've got all the cap space to get that done. Yeah, that's the fun part is here, you know, everyone talks about trade and, you know, I don't even like using that word. They, everyone wants to acquire, you know, assets, right? 
you know, collateral, if you will. That's I think that's probably a better word. However, in the end, this is all about performance. That's the key. It's about to me, it's just really simple. Like, okay, are you doing something to acquire first round picks, trade swaps, <laughs> you know, future this? Or are you saying, here's the best product that we can put right now? Because the only thing that matters to the players is what's happening right now. There ain't probably no one on these rosters will be around for the 29 swap. <laughs> okay. They'll yeah. all be moved on or on other teams or what have you. Maybe Maxi, so, but yeah. Maybe one guy. One guy out of what, 30? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so I think what it, what what I want to focus in on here and get and get our listeners here is to say, okay, you have an opportunity. Both organizations have feel they have elite players that are in the prime of their career to win right now, and the trick to doing that is putting together the best team to take advantage of that. So, you know, we can debate whether or not the Clippers achieve that with this move and we can debate whether or not Philadelphia achieved that. However, what we do know is Kawhi Leonard, when he's healthy, he is one of the best players in this league. That's a, I, regardless of position, that's how effective of a player he is. Joel Embiid is coming off an MVP season. So, now it's about constructing a team around your your best player or players that can compete and both of these teams have the goal of reaching at least the conference finals with their group as is and many of them i'm sure behind closed doors are all thinking that they can win the whole thing this year regardless of what the pundits and the experts say so we'll see how it turns out and to me that's the only thing that that matters is because we know how these things change, Mo. They change in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. You start off with, hey, we had all these expectations. You know, you look, you look at you you look at the Memphis Grizzlies. Look at the Memphis Grizzlies right now. These things change in an instant, in a moment. So I'm not going to get caught up on all of the acquiring of whatever the 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 the. The, the collateral that they're getting, right? I mean, that sounds good. Oh, man, this guy, that, okay, that sounds good. However, let's look at the roster right now. Let's look at this roster. Now, if they can retain this and keep going and keep moving forward and figure out how to work, because both of these coaches now, I know what, they're, I know what they've been doing since about 2, 3 in the morning. They've been mm -hmm. looking at tape trying to figure out how we're going to play because now they have to run different offenses. They have a different defensive team now. They have different sets. And by the way, Mo, we had we're we're past now training camp and the experimental stage of the season. These games count for real. And by the way, Mo, now we're about to start the what the in season tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what okay. Do you, what so do you, I mean, you got a lot going on. What What do you think of those new courts they unveiled that the team's going to be playing on for the in season I, tournament? You know, Mo. You you know I think you're I think you and and the 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 fan base of your age is is the, I think that's something you guys can comment on. Like for me, I like 
What was wrong with the well, NBA before? The main, like, the main <laughs> reason I ask is to get a player's perspective. In some of those courts, they're bright purple, they're bright orange. Do you think that would have any effect on I, the actual I, play? No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it has any effect. What I, what I do think is, is it's a different mindset now mm-hmm. of saying we have a tournament, and that's, you know, Mo, you. you <laughs> You know, there, there was a there was a mindset that you needed to get through the 82 games that you you played into the season. And to me, it was. It made it for the most challenging thing for me. More than I mean, there's a lot of things I loved about playing, but one of the biggest things was like, OK, I got to figure out how to get through 82 games. Mm-hmm. OK, and and. You got through it. Your coaches helped you get through it. Your 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 fellow teammates, clearly your 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 family and all everything, because that was a that was a goal in and of itself. Now all of a sudden, Mo, it's being disrupted now with something new that's been infused in it because the fans believe, the league believes that you know, hey, we could. We could put a little jolt into like early November. Yeah. And, and, well, and, and do all these like, I don't know if you saw Jordan Poole and the Wizards playing against the Celtics the other night, but like this guy does not care about the 82 games. He was there. There was one possession where he comes up in transition, 18 seconds on a shot clock, dribbles in, walks the wall back out, tries to shoot a three and gets his three pointer blocked by pausing. It's, he's doing stuff that I don't even know when you would do that, but it's clear that there's no pride in okay, well, the regular yeah. season. But when it works, it's 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 it goes viral. That's what I'm saying. This is the the this is the this is an us problem, right? The this is an, uh, when I say an us, the coaches and the executives and the people who are running this league. This is the way we play now. Like mm-hmm. Mo, like every game you turn on, it's a five out offense. <laughs> okay. We're getting up threes at an astronomical rate than ever before. And then we can, any given night, I mean, you'll see a guy. I saw, I was watching the game last night and a team just came down on like a three on one and he just pulled up for three. Mm -hmm. Normal now. I couldn't even tell you which game that was because it happens in every single game on every single team. This is what I'm saying. So now Mo, when it happens, we comment about it, but then you'll watch Steph Curry play, and Steph does it, and everybody goes, "Wow!" Yeah, Steph's different, though. And I, I yeah, need players yeah, in the yeah. NBA to realize you're not Steph Curry. Steph okay. Curry is Steph Curry. Okay, well, yeah, okay, well, that, that's it. Now, every now we're going to put everybody else in a box and say, "No, you're you're a competitor." It's it's like me saying, "Well, Mo, you're you're not such and such." You're like, wait, wait a minute. You know the vibes. I'm better than you can't you tell. Say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Say exactly. any say any name right now. I dare you. Exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So because Mo, everyone has that mentality. Oh, Steph is doing it. Oh, I can do that too. So I'm not mad at it because this is the game now. And every time in the summer, Mo, and you know I, I love to oh, I God. love the videos in the summer. Okay. So let me go here. So in the summertime, everyone's 
Hashtag shooting threes. Hashtag yeah, yeah, hashtag yeah, what VJ? Striving for greatness. Everyone's striving for greatness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hashtag grinding. So, yeah, grinding <laughs> and whatever they're doing. So now when they do it in the game, let's not let's not like you're practicing that way. Practice how you play. So yep. when they do that in <laughs> practice, <laughs> and that, that's what it is. And Mo, we watch those videos. You send me those videos. <laughs> so I'm not going to comment about it now. And then all of a sudden say, well, you're not Steph Curry. No, that's how I saw the videos. I, hey, what y'all say? I got the receipts now. Hey, is that how you say it, Mo? Hey, that's what they say now. That's what they say. All right. So when they practice that way, you play that way. And then when it doesn't work, we say, well, he's no, that's what we, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we got to wrap that one up there. Let us know in the discord chat what your thoughts are on the James Harden trade. The link's in the description and also in the description. You can get your copy of NBA 2K24 where you can play as the Clippers with James Harden. You can play as the Sixers now without James Harden and you can see what those teams are like. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Well, actually, if you're if you're a loyal listener and you're listening to this as soon as it comes out, we'll be back on, what is it today? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning. This is supposed to be Wednesday morning's episode, but because we love you guys, we're putting this one out early right oh um but we'll be back with more from the nba so don't go anywhere make sure you subscribe youtube spotify apple and most importantly get buckets